I'll sit closer and talk louder. You should. You do. Need <laughs> uh, to talk, you need to be more excited. I am. Nobody sorry. ever just, has to tell me to talk louder. No. <laughs> no. Mike, my God, what is going on? You know, our last there? episode, I was just like, man, just like me chuckling. I like. <laughs> I know. I was like, it's not even like me belly laughing. It's just like the way that just, I like. I'm becoming just the way, the way that he is. And I was His like, cool. Laugh, I just laughed like, over everybody else trying yeah. to talk. Welcome, listeners. We need a name for them. Like, so listeners, um, on our little group chat where we talk about things, Mike named it Jazz Hams. Yeah, Jazz Hams. (laughs) Like, like little piggies. Like Jazz Hams, but better. But tastier. Much tastier. Oh, so hi, listeners. Welcome to another episode of Real Education. The musical. musical. <laughs> One of these days. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or not. It's we weird have fun. that sitting, that changing up where we sit didn't make us any better at that. <laughs> <laughs> what a, how odd. I mean, I know, musical chairs wasn't the answer. Apparently not. Um, so I am, of course, Wendy, joined as always by... Mike. And Vinny. And uh, so we have another fine episode for you tonight that I am very excited about. <laughs> I know every time you get excited now, I think like during the Xanadu episode, you were talking about seeing Xanadu as like a ten-year-old and just being the word you the phrase you used was I was vibrating. <laughs> like I just imagine you shaking in excitement, <laughs> and that's kind of how I've imagined that you like a little chihuahua, and that is kind of what we're seeing right now. <laughs> yeah. Like a little chihuahua who just <laughs> yeah, that's me. And meanwhile, I was like, "Are we doing Kiss Me Kate this week? I think so." And then, like, I was talking to Vinny about it last night, and then uh, I was like, oh, man, I bet Wendy's, that's all she's been thinking about for last week. <laughs> so, listeners, yes, we're doing Kiss Me Kate! Oh, yeah, we hadn't mentioned and that, the, I guess. Uh, the fussy apocalypse begins. Fussy, fussy, fussy! Fussy, 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 fussy! <laughs> Kaboom! I need a, we need a sound effect for that. I'm still thinking what it needs to be, because... Well, well, yeah. Fussy, fussy, fussy. Because, listeners, this is going to be a thing. Fossey, Fossey is my jam. And this is Fossey's first film appearance. Well, it's not his first, but it is. It is where Fossey, like, stepped onto the stage. It's where, like, he created a little crater of, like, what the shit? <laughs> um, which you guys are going to get to see. It's one of my favorites. Oh, my God. And it's also... (laughs) It's got Howard Keel in his tights. Mainly Howard Keel's legs. There's a lot of... From what I hear. There's so much of them. They go so high. And it's the St. Catherine... Uh Uh-huh. I don't remember her last name. Grayson. Showboat. Yeah, they're paired up again together as a couple. Yeah, Catherine Grayson and Howard Keel are the two main leads. We also get Ann Miller. Right. Of course, who we saw in On the Town. Right. And this is going to be you guys' first exposure to Tommy Rawl as well, which that's going to be fantastic. Yes, there's, this is... Yet another episode in which Mike and I have not seen the movie, so... Yep, and I, of course, have seen it a lot. Uh, Fun fact, I directed this show twice. 
both for high school and for community theater. Very cool. Um, so I, I know this show. The movie is different than the stage version, but yeah, I, I know this show inside and out. It is, of course, based on Shakespeare's... I'm sure you're not going to tell us any of the differences between the two, right? Shut up! <laughs> um, it's based on Shakespeare's Taming of the Shrew. Yes. It is a Cole Porter musical, so the music is oh, really? peppy and I did not snappy. Know that. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's actually considered Cole Porter's masterpiece. Um, okay. Um, and... Uh, this is a movie that may have been integral to my puberty. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like anything involving Howard Keel is though. Yeah, well, yeah, but this one in seems per- to be at least this the one way you talk per- about him. This one in particular. Got it. Like he was in a lot of great movies, Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, um, but this is the one where he is most funny and sexual and like, yeah, he's also is it, pretty. Is hot it in as Seven horny Brothers. as On the Town was? <laughs> um. Yes, actually, yes. Okay. Okay, I'm not even going to tell you about it, but yes, there's going to be a song that you're going to, you're going to be like, oh, I get it now. There's two. Okay. It's Cole Porter. Everything's fucking horny. The man was a horn dog. He's a gay horn dog. Bisexual, gay, whatever. Doesn't matter. Who cares? There was something I was going to say, and now I can't remember what it was. Well, luckily, we you have. The whole movie. You have a couple yes. of the rest of the episode to talk to think about it. Yeah, and I'm gonna do my best not to turn into a lecture. Oh, I know what I was gonna say. This is gonna be another one where I'm gonna be like, you know him, <laughs> <laughs> guys. This is you should know uh, this guy. I mean, that so rarely happens. <laughs> I mean, we're getting better. <laughs> you do like it. It is getting now to the point where I say, you know him. You're like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or yeah, I can be like, you know, you've heard of this person because of this. Right. Oh yeah. So yeah. see, my my evil plan is working. <laughs> It's like to eventually make everybody as pathetic as me. Not pathetic, no, because musicals are joy and wonderful and awesomeness. This movie, I'll say right now, is kind of a nexus of the golden age of like MGM musicals. And when you see it and when we talk about it after, like literally this is one of those six degrees of separation linchpin movies of like, you need to connect anybody to anybody else, kiss me, Kate. That's well, how that's what I was going to say. This my again, I don't know that much about it, uh, but this is more. You know, we're starting Fosse, but this is more that classic musical style versus like Fosse style. You um, are very correct. Uh, which is why I did not know because we originally talked about doing this when we did. We ended up doing show much earlier. Instead. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't even know it was connected to Fosse at all until we were like, we should start Fosse, and you were like. Cool, let's do Kiss Me Kate. And I was like, oh, that, okay, cool. <laughs> what? Not what I was expecting to yeah. start with that. Until so. you asked me if I, if I had seen Kiss Me Kate, I had never heard of it, so. What? I know nothing about it. Oh, you didn't it. even know oh. it was a thing that existed? Yeah. Okay. Oh my god, this is going <laughs> to be so great. Guys, because this I is mean, like a seriously good one. I say like, that, like a... when you asked me, you know, when we first started, when we were originally going to do it, like episode whatever that was, four or five. Um, but yeah, I have not looked into it anymore since then, so. This is going in blind. This is a seriously good one, like a high quality. Like sometimes you watch and you're like, well, you know, like the dances are fun and ignore that over there and like just pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. But this one, I think, I think this is going to be a winner. I think so. It's like on par with Showboat. That's what you're saying. Oh. <laughs> or Newsies, the high points. No, wait, are we talking Newsies the I'm, movie or Newsies the stage? If I'm comparing Newsies, it to something bad, I meant the original Newsies. Because Newsies the stage is the Flippy Boys. That's true. Uh, flippy Boys. I will never not sing along with those Flippy Boys. <laughs> we need a fine life, carrying the banner through it all. 
<laughs> All right. Are we, we are ready to we're go. Ready. We so ready. listeners, we're going to yeah. go watch Kiss Me Kate. These two are going to experience it for the first time. And if you have never seen Kiss Me Kate, do yourself a favor and watch this movie and then like come back. Or you could listen and then watch it after and then re-listen or whatever. Anyway, so that's where we're going. Yeah. in the background but it's like kiss me kate just right there at the end <laughs> the kiss me kate yeah. <laughs> definitely 
as horny, if not more so. <laughs> you, were, yes. you were not lying. <laughs> Everybody's trying to fuck in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's straight up a whole song where um, Ann Miller is just singing about like taking all the dick. But <laughs> dick, dick a dick. Any, any hairy dick will do. Yeah. Any Tom, Dick, or Harry. Any Harry, Dick, or Tom. Right. And then literally, a dick a dick. A dick a dick, God bless you, Cole Porter. I love your sensibility there. Well, I, I especially liked the, the uh, side commentary you were giving about all the little changes they made from the original mm-hmm. to film to make it slightly less filthy <laughs> to be able to make a movie out of it. Yeah. I mean, and only slightly. Only slightly. On Broadway, it's completely okay to literally say, um, I have oft stuck a pig before. Meaning fucked a woman, and they have to change it. I have off, uh, like seen or killed a pig, something, something, and it's like, so I mean that's the kind of censorship that like they would just tweak the lines and just play them down a little bit. I'm like, oh, but the original line is just so zing. <laughs> and when was the movie made? The movie was fifty three. Okay. Um, oh, there's the the business is the biz is. His business is the business that he gives his secretary. And in the movie, it's the bu- his business is the business that he has w- with his pretty secretary. And it's like, that, yeah. no, he's giving it to her, guys. <laughs> Come on. Come on, let's just be honest about what's going on. Oh, well. It's still, I mean, this, the songs are still great. And um, where is the life that late I led, like... It doesn't matter how you play that down. He's still wearing those tights. <laughs> oh. All the legs, like I said. <laughs> like, Well, and the costumer is putting him in, like he's already long-legged, and he's got these tights, and then the like the top is super, super high-waisted, almost yeah. like a crop top. So yeah. it's just like zoom all the way up. That's And you're just like, you might as well just put a spotlight right on his crotch. Like just, <laughs> well, and he, I mean... Well, he showcases it frequently. Yeah. There's a lot of like hands on <laughs> hips, like thrusted out. Also, and there's then there's like the uh, the one I don't remember which song it is, but where he has his foot up on the step oh. and he's going across like three steps. The lunge, the deep yeah. lunge. Yeah, um, yeah. He's he leads with the penis. Yeah, like he really does. Just lead with the crotch. That's first thing to enter the room. My dick. Right dig there. A <laughs> dig a dick. A dick a dick. Uh, other responses, thoughts? Uh, Ann Miller's delightful. Yeah. I think she's great. Like, I, it took me a little bit to remember which one she was from on the town. She's the one with the tall, goofy guy. Uh-huh. Uh, and, uh. The archaeologist. Anthropologist. Anthropologist, yes. Yeah. And, uh, I, she's probably, I mean, other than. The Bob Fosse part that we're definitely going to talk about. <laughs> She's my favorite part of the movie. Like, just what any of her numbers are just great. All of her, she does a lot of tap, and uh, I am learning that I'm a sucker for a good tap number. Uh, <laughs> it's hard not to be. Yeah, I mean, she's so great. The the um, opening one where the too hot, or too darn hot, too darn hot, where she's tapping on like the tables and just like. Basically running around this whole apartment dancing. <laughs> and kicking things out. Like, I, I was thinking to myself, she's, like, literally redecorating through dance. Like, yes. this doesn't need to be here. That doesn't need to be right. there anyway. I'm going <laughs> to kick it out of the way. 
that number is great. And then, of course, the Tom Decca Harry, um, where she's with um, Bob Fosse and Bobby Van and Tommy Rawl. Yeah, them. Tommy um, Rawl, aka Super Tommy Rawl's also like oh, the dance in this is so good. I just love um, that his number on the rooftop with with her is. It's like a plus, and then he starts <laughs> jumping on trampolines. Like, what I love is like weird. my watching you guys watch it was great because you know it's that's the um, why can't you behave, which is this sort of ballad, and then they tack on a dance number at the end, and so Tommy Rawl is being goofy, and I can see the two of you like, yeah, this is fine, this way, and then Tommy Rawl literally starts he with spring jumps he like three jumps feet in the, in the air. air turns three times and lands and both of you are like whoa <laughs> yeah I was just like how oh, and suddenly your both of your focus was just laser like what was that and he he proceeds to be Tommy just Rawl. bounds across the screen well yeah and I mean I just loved that every time he entered the scene it was from like six feet in the air <laughs> like it was never just like hey guys what's going on it was like diving in or like backflipping or something Boing. insane yeah it's the same way in that last that uh that last number yeah from this moment on yeah he enters he from the top like, of the screen everybody you pretty much they're paired off and they all run out the side and then come you know another pair comes in and everyone else kind of well Fosse slides in yeah um but but uh Tommy Rawls says yeah he just fucking like like he swings in <laughs> he like um, Robin Hood's in like yeah. swoop ta da and then he proceeds to just maybe he came in on that rope he was using on the rooftop maybe he did <laughs> um, the movie was originally filmed in 3D and it's mostly like it could be invisible if you didn't know it although there's some odd. Everyone's yeah, I, if you hadn't said that, filming. I would have been like, "Why do they keep throwing things directly at the camera?" <laughs> and it was that's a weird choice. It makes sense. <laughs> and so every time they throw something at the camera, I'd just be like, "3D." Yeah, <laughs> because it starts. I mean, even that first number, like the too darn hot, like it starts off like every time she's like whipping her scarf or whatever, it's always like point like she's looking at the camera and then does it directly, like, and either someone like, is like catching, you know, then catches it a second too late, or but it's like very like. Obviously meant three D. Yeah, right. And then during the why can't you behave when Tommy Roll like swings on a rope right into the camera, like, like feet, feet first, yeah, like feet first, right coming at you. I would have flinched. I would have. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> it's just it's funny to think about that. Like you know back. I mean how three D comes in waves like that, and more recently when it when they were trying to reintroduce three D, it was all every movie had something like that, which is like. Jump scare, like something Whoa. right at the screen, and then Whoa. luckily it's fa- it's mostly phased out again. Yes, thank God. <laughs> it always makes me think of the, uh, there's like an episode of the Drew Carey show where they did like 3D, and it was pretty much like, I mean, it's a you know 22 minute show, and like every, every like 30 seconds there's somebody like throwing shit at the camera, like <laughs> just because they could, and so, and the, like the joke of it was that like basically it's ridiculous to do this shit. And yeah. so that's what I think of whenever whenever there's like, hey, we're just going to throw things at the camera just like to make people flinch. So um, what did you think of the story? Oh, we should give a brief yes. synopsis. Um, so it's a play within the play structure, which is always delightful. It's right. a, literally a backstage musical. Um, so Fred and Lily are ex-spouses. They were married. They were an acting duo, but they have since divorced. Um, and they hate each other, sort of, but not really. They really hate each of. other because hate is just like love. <laughs> um, and 
So they're doing a musical version of Taming of the Shrew, and what you're watching is that their fighting offstage is translating on, on stage. And of course, Taming of the Shrew is a great, great property to explore that sort of thing. And meanwhile, second cat, secondary leads being um, the, the sister in, the, in Taming of the Shrew with her suitors is Lois and Bill, and Lois, Lois, Lane. Lois yeah. is, will sleep with anybody, <laughs> but get mad at Bill for gambling. And the main plot point is that Bill has gambled and lost $2,000 he didn't have, so he signed an IOU to a gangster, and he, si- he signed Fred Graham's name. Graham. Graham. <laughs> Graham. So two gangsters show up. That would be Keenan Wynn and James Whitmore. Steals the show. Steals the show. Um, Orange Whitmore's amazing. They show up to collect on the debt of honor. (laughs) And um, this is sort of the major, like, constructive device of... So, they use... He starts... When Lily gets so upset with him, she threatens to quit. He's like, uh... I can't pay my debt of honor if the show closes and she's about to leave. And they're like, well, then she can leave. (laughs) Hey, yo... Gonna go do something about. Are you threatening me? No, I'm just transferring the weight. Moving the yeah, bullets. The are, bullets they, get really bullets heavy. heavy yeah. In this gun, I'm gonna transfer the weight from one side to the other. So then the two gangsters end up on stage, which is another whole which level of humor yeah. that you can play with there. And um, eventually, Lily is like, "Fuck you! I'm out of here." Except that maybe she's really in love. And then at the end, Lily comes back. And right, just in time to speak. She has because she has a like fiance from Texas that's come in, and so she's going to run to Texas. He's not a cowboy; him. he's a cattle baron. Yes, yeah, cattle baron <laughs> with the steer. Oh, the steer are restless. Um, so it basically the offstage uh, plot mat- matches the onstage plot in that literally everything that Petruchio does to Kate, Fred is doing to Lily offstage, up to and including that eventually. Kate, Lily, gives in and says, you were right. I should be more accommodating. Just so we understand each other, me being accommodating means you do what I say. (laughs) (laughs) That's the basic plot. Plus you get a ton of fantastic Cole Porter numbers. So, like they're catchy AF. Only you and me, babe, from this moment on. Not actually from Kiss Me Kate, that one particular song. They stole it from another show and stuck it in the movie. So huh. so when and if you ever see Kiss Me Kate, that number's not in there, FYI. But Tom, Dick, or Harry, totally <laughs> is. <laughs> yeah. Totally is. I take a dick! I take a dick! I take a dick! It's a big and number, too. Petruchio's little solo, not in your version. Yeah. So I was told. Yeah, I've directed this show twice, and I think Where Thine, That Special Face is a beautiful song that does nothing, I can see nothing that. Yeah, for I mean, the plot. I, I'm glad I saw it, but like, but let's just, wouldn't miss it. Let's skip to the end. So I'm always like... That's, that's the one where he's lunging up the steps. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Showing off his package. I still watch the whole thing in this movie. <laughs> happily. But when I when I stage it, I had one person who when I directed him and I'm like, I need to let you know I'm gonna cut this number. And he's like, Oh, and I'm like, You still get where it's the life that late I led, which is a better song. And so every and like seriously, people are just gonna be bored. So let's just cut it. He's like, but not even a little out of no. 
<laughs> trust me, trust me Not on this. Like, you, if you can cut it and nobody would notice the difference, then the song didn't sense. need to be there. Yeah, right, for sure. So, uh, but that's that's all well and good. <clears throat> Don't like. I'm trying to give you guys a chance to talk before <laughs> I just start taking over. Yeah, I, uh, I, I mean, what's dropped the most to me beyond Tommy Rawls' ridiculous movement was the <laughs> costuming. I mean, I just. It, the first, I mean, the first scene that I noticed, it, I think the most was the three, like the you know the the three guys, like the I don't know, I can't remember their names from the suitors. play, but you just but Bo- the like Fosse and Tommy Rawl and Bob, Bob Bob Bobby Van Bobby Van. Um, I just love that, that like they're so simple, and it's just like you know three slightly different like two toned outfits, but they just are built like they're just made like crafted so well, and they just give each person like a very distinct oh and the hats. appearance. Well, and then and then every one Those of hats. Fred's hats that got <laughs> just exponentially bigger every time he came on came out on stage. If this hat's I, even well, taller. And Jenny and Jenny said it while we were watching. The first one, um, his very Robin Hood looking hat. I guess they all are, but like the first one that he comes out, the smallest of them. Um, just the way that it's 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 only on like half of his head. Yeah, the way that he's wearing like, it, it looks like it's pinned on or like it's you know it's a fixed. So that it will stay on because it's at an angle that seems impossible otherwise. But then during the song, he like he takes it off and like you know bows with it and then puts it back on very easily and it, it just sticks. Stage. And it's like how is like have movie no magic? Idea. I have Science no idea how those hats were on his head. Well, they're basically little caps with giant brims that are just kind of all to one side. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh dear, my whole head. But they look they way. looked fantastic. Right, they look amazing. And, and, like, and like that first outfit that's like blue, I mean, I'm colorblind, so I might get the colors wrong, but like blue and brown is uh-huh. what it looked like. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just, it's subtle, but it just... I like that costume. It pops so well. Well, yeah. and like, he looks not rich yeah. in those colors. He looks like just a normal guy, but it still looks so good on him. Right. And I mean, oh, and Howard Keel is just doing the eyebrow game. He is like <laughs> redefining the eyebrow game. Did you want to play the eyebrow game? Because I am a master in the eyebrow. Yeah. I like in Where's the Life I Laid? Where Life I, that late I led. There's one moment where he lifts up one eyebrow and then the other one to join him, and then they both go down <laughs> and up again. I'm just like boink, 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 boink. I'm like, I love you. Love you, uh, the eyebrows. Yeah, his and his costume, like for the wedding. Yeah. That's a choice. <laughs> right? Um, it's very bold. It's a very bold... It's... There's so much going on with it. Um, well, it's, it's a little... Like, one of the things that gets cut in the movie is the, the scene. The, the scene in uh, The Taming of the Shrew is he specifically says, I'm going to wear something ridiculous to the wedding just to embarrass her. Just got to, it. Just okay. to... Psych- yeah, this yeah, part yeah. of his psychological torture. Of her trying to literally break her spirit. It's a <laughs> fucked up play, guys. Yeah, so I'm just yeah, definitely is. I mean. But so one of the things that's really interesting to to me whenever um, you look at something like this, this isn't. It's not a period piece, but it's about a production of a period piece, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you always have like if you look at a movie made now about like the 1920s or like the 1600s or whatever, it's always like a 2010 version of that. Yeah. So it's always interesting to me to look at like the costumes that they're wearing because this is very much a 1950s version of that style of dress. Yeah, like 
they didn't dress like that in the 1600 guys. Yeah, I'm, just yeah. gonna, I'm gonna point that out. <laughs> With those great stripes. Right. Just the match. Oh, I love it. That the tunic stripes match the tight stripes. <laughs> one that one that he's wearing that's like one leg is black and white stripes, but it continues over the, the that single shoe. Yeah, like his boot is striped to match. <laughs> I did like that a lot. That right? was that well, and I love that it's always one leg because yeah. it really is striking. Yeah. Um, the costumer is Walter Plunkett, and like I said, like thank you, thank you, Mister. Wendy's puberty, thanks, Plunkett. <laughs> you did the world a service. He was the costumer for Gone with the Wind. Oh wow! Huh? Like, uh, you know, just some of the most famous yeah. costumes ever. Right. And also for singing in the rain. I do really like. I also really like the costumes that they <laughs> that they put the two gangsters in, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> with their stupid wigs and like and don't the, quite look right. Like and everything they don't of, fit. The, like the tights are baggy on James yeah, Whitmore. Everything is just a little bit off on them, and it's <laughs> it it's just perfect. It's so good. <laughs> well, I, I, they play those, those those two guys. Not only play their characters so well, but. Like where they're just shoehorned into the play. It's like, who are these two? You asked. No, don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, like, don't you want to go over here? And he's like, no. And nope. That is probably one of the funniest scenes. Yeah. <laughs> where he just keeps trying to get them off stage and they won't. So he finally puts like the partition in front of them, and then later the partition falls down and they're playing cards. <laughs> Gin. Yeah. Comedy gold. Um, I also we we talked about James James Whitmore um, a lot while we were watching it because he's he's just wonderful in it and his physicality is so great. He's got um, that, one of the he's got these shoulder like this shoulder sort of mini shrug like very gangster thing yeah. he does that's charming AF like it's in a super tough charming. guy like. I love the first time you see him where he puts on the brass knuckles <laughs> yeah. and he goes. Like, he takes, like, two sets. This happens a few times that he, like, heads off to do something, and the other, and, um... Keenan Wynn? Keenan Wynn will just grab him by the shoulder and, like, pull him back. Um, the first time he does it is when he, like, puts on the brass knuckles and goes after Howard Keel, and he's just like, nope. (laughs) (laughs) Not until I tell you. Not until I tell you. Not until I tell you. (laughs) His unidentified remains will be found floating in the harbor tomorrow, (laughs) except for the fact they will be wearing cement overshoes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there's so many good lines in this show. I love it. Um, So, and then there's Brush Up Your Shakespeare. Yeah. That is, that's such a stupid number. Like, <laughs> I say that in the nicest possible way because it's really, it's really silly and dumb and that's what makes it so charming. <laughs> okay, fun fact about that number, which anybody who's at all familiar with this musical will know. <clears throat> Those two refused to rehearse. Hermes Pan choreographed that whole number, uh-huh. like with specific things he wanted. And those two thought rehearsing was silly. And so those screw-ups are them honestly trying to do it and forgetting and like and the director and the director's like, this is comedic gold. They obviously did this on purpose. So we're gonna do it. The two of them were We're just bad. (laughs) And they were like apparently like they were like Oh shit, we gotta film it. Oh, Hermes is gonna be so pissed at us, we don't know what to do. <laughs> that makes it better. That's right? Because the whole thing is, is uh, 
why am I having such a problem with this guy's name? Keenan Wynn. Keenan Wynn. Uh, What's his name? Keenan Wynn. <laughs> Grabbing James, like James Whitmore doing something and Keenan Wynn going like, no, 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 you do it this way. You do it th- And so it's like the fact that they didn't rehearse it and are like fucking up for real kind of works because that's what the whole number is. Yeah. When they're, I mean, in the context of the film, they're gangsters, not like. Yeah. It makes, it makes, yeah. I mean, I would, I would never have even no. assumed that. Like, nope. That fuckery is them <laughs> actually being fuckeries. He's a fake and he doesn't know the territory. In the stage version, there are two reprises of that song. <laughs> like literally they come out, they sing the whole number. And because it was such a wildly popular song and because Cole Porter is Cole Porter. And it's like, why write, why write five verses when I can write 15? Right. <laughs> because they're all clever and brilliant. We're going to put them all in. And so they come back out for a second reprise. People go nuts. They come back out for a third reprise. It's kind of nuts. Also, Cleo, always, Cleopatra, Coriolanus. Kick her in her Coriolanus. <laughs> That's my favorite. I like that one a lot. Um, so yeah, and there's also a reprise of "Always True to You in My Fashion." That's another one that there's just verse after verse. Of what? Always true to you in my fashion. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. her number. Okay. Mister Gable, I mean Clark, yeah. wants me on his boat to park. If the <laughs> if the Gable boat means a sable coat. Anchors away. I, I, I don't remember the lines, but, but the Harris Pat and and her, the Paris gets, hat. gets her a Paris hat. That's clever. <laughs> yeah, very clever. The lyrics are very very clever. The wordplay's great. I mean, the whole the Keel's like solo song where he, you know he comes down the like the catwalk out into the crowd and like about all these women. I just I love the uh, all of the the wordplay and like the the jokes of all the different women in that. Uh, the itty bitty pity palace. Yes. <laughs> Let's see. Um, where are you, Lisa? You gave a new meaning to the leaning, leaning tower, tower of Pisa. As he's like laid back across <laughs> the like, like, yeah. Yes. And you're just like, what exactly happened in the leaning tower of Pisa? That's, I think we can all guess. And he's got his little black book that yeah. he's just thumbing through. Oh, that was a memory. Oh, that's a memory. I also, the, well, I mean, one of the things that stood out to me throughout, I mean, the, the, the staging it like the way that they use you know the, the camera to like move through the scenes but especially at the end of that song when he just stands up and just <laughs> looks <laughs> as they just like roll him back <laughs> right know, like, like i don't think that's how the theater works no but the effect well, like was there's great. another part where they clearly walk off of one side of the stage yeah and like kind of what would be behind where their set oh, is when and then all of a sudden they're like boom right back in the middle of the stage i mean it's a movie so you can kind of do whatever the fuck you want yeah but it makes but, like, no for a minute, physical I was, sense like, this is it weird, just like play. trying to think yeah. about it in a sense of space, like none of it's logical. <laughs> like some, yeah, this whole stage just rotated 90 degrees somehow, like Here we instantly. go, it's fine, it'll but be I like Les Mis like, with a also, turntable. Yeah, there are things that I really like that they do that, um, in that vein, that don't make sense. Like with the, um, the little like treadmill mm-hmm. walkway thing that they do for, they use it like three or four times throughout the movie, that I think is really cool. But then they just kind of, they get off of that and go off the stage, and then all of a sudden they're back in, like, another place again. Yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't matter at all. Like, it just kind of, like, every time they do it, you go, like, well, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that's, that's Hermes Pan going, look, I've got this thing. What can we do with it? Yeah. Hermes Pan, by the way, is a choreographer. And that number, that first time they do it, they use it, it's really, really cool. Like, when it's all, uh... The four of them in the, like, yes. the red outfits. Yeah. Yeah. So, the numbers that we have, So In Love... The ballad. Then we have Too Darn Hot. Which is wonderful. 
<laughs> According to the Kinsey Report, every she's got her fan and much prefers to play his like, favorite. And she's sport. doing the taps with the guy playing the bongo. Bongos, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's so good. Well, like you said, I mean, it was uh, there was a part of that that was a long take where it's just her from like it's kind of just her smiling up, and you, like you can hear all the tapping, but you don't get to the see any is of it. Furious, and yeah. she's moving so languidly, and I know that what Hermes Pan was doing was like. Look, all this shit is going on down here, but she's moving so smoothly up here, and all you get is the torso up. And I'm like, I'd really like to see what her feet are doing. Yeah. I can hear it. <laughs> I can hear there's some shit going on down there, and it sounds impressive. Right. What What the fuck, Mr. Uh, George Sidney, director, yeah. who, by the way, directed Anchors Away, which we need to watch. That's another Kelly and Sinatra. Ziegfeld Follies, which... We really need to watch because everybody did Ziegfeld Follies, too. When I read through this, you're going to be like, Ziegfeld Follies, they were in that, too, huh? And it's like, <laughs> holy shit, we need to watch that. Annie, get your gun. Showboat. George Sidney directed Showboat. Bye Bye Birdie, Pal Joey. He also was a co-founder and co-financer of Hanna-Barbera. No shit. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Right? And he was, of course... Part of the Freed unit, the Arthur Freed unit, which of course is Gene Kelly and Stanley Donovan. Mm-hmm. So right. I just bumped that, and that's going to be a thing. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, director George Sidney mostly like does some great filming, and for the most part, does what you should do when you've got dancers like that, which is for the most part just back it on up and let's see what they can do. Yeah, because I was well, yeah, I mean like that that one part where you don't get to see her tap, like that was really the only. Like, there's, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, there, there's that one point when they're running around, like, this was an appropriate use, when they're running around the fountain, and Ann Miller's just laying there tapping her hands, yeah. being cute. It's like, yeah, focus on, we don't need to see them running around the fountain, we just need to see her right. being cute. Sure. So that's really good, like, to do I that. I love that number. That's Tom, Dick, or Harry. It's really good. I know, just, like, despite how... Despite the words to the song, which are just, just like watching the the four of them who are obviously all having a great time. Um, that's the other thing is everybody in this movie looks like they're having fun, like the entire movie. Yeah. Um, but but especially that number and um, the rooftop number with um, with her. Uh, why can't you behave? Yes. Why can't you behave? Those two in particular is just like. Everybody's having such a good time, and they're just running around and and kind of jumping and and being flippy boys and like. Well, it was a big deal for Howard Keel to get to do this. The studio wasn't sure if he could pull off Shakespeare. Like and like I said, they were looking at other actors who might be better comedians to do the role, and so he's so smarmy though. Like, like he's perfect. Yeah, I he's can't... so he's so macho. And larger than life, he's a perfect Petruchio, but there was some real concern. And Howard Keel really fought for the role. They wanted, although I told you, they wanted Danny Kaye, which makes no fucking sense. But, like, you know, studios are like, we just want a name. We want a name with it, yeah. Yeah. But he's, like, even when he's, he's, what's his offstage character? Like um, Fred. Fred. Frederick Graham. Oh, Graham, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Graham. Uh, listeners, you'll find I'm terrible with names, um, if you haven't noticed yet. Uh, he, he's so good with that because he is, like I said, he's so fucking smarmy. Egotistical. Like, he plays the egotistical. egotistical. There's, oh my God, when she slaps him and he's like, 
I'm bleeding. Yeah. I'm bleeding. And he's like, like suntan uh, number it's, two. It's, yeah. And he's like, uh, well, the skin's discolored, right? And he's like, there's bruising, discolored. He's like, no. He's like, oh, he's blind. <laughs> great. Just what I need a blind stage manager. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great line. Oh, and there's the Wunderbar number, which is delightful the way Oh, that was really good. Yeah. Yeah, because they really overplay it wonderfully. Yes. Um, so there's. And it's a lot of him just tossing her around, too. Yeah. He's a giant and she's. Not so much. <laughs> like, she's a super tiny woman. Like yeah, Catherine Grayson, it was a super like, tiny like woman, and wearing he's like, like four or five inch heels in yeah. every scene, yeah. and it's and still like six inches shorter than anyone else. <laughs> there's anyone so else. much of the interactions because there's even like when they have the little like mini donkey, and he's just fucking throwing her <laughs> on. Yeah. Like there's a lot of him just like chucking her around. <laughs> well, and he because he's six foot a lot. Um, <laughs> six foot I, a lot. And I told you guys that the costumer and Catherine Grayson played a joke. On Howard oh, Keel, yeah. during the spanking scene, they put a wooden board down the back down the back of her pants so that he was spanking a board instead of her butt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, that's hilarious. Yeah, that's great. Because <laughs> that had to have like, can you imagine doing several takes of that? Because he's he he's going, yeah, he's he getting he, after it. Like. Even if he's pulling it, there's still some action happening, and I love that he's doing it on the beat. Yes. <laughs> when oh, because it's, it's the end of the act, like it's the it's the closer for the uh, like the act break, and so like as they're closing the curtains and they have the big musical number, he's just like finishing out that by like smacking her ass to the beat. <laughs> well, okay, so listeners, um, the. The famous scene from The Taming of the Shoe, like literally it's the best scene in the show, where Petruchio and Catherine meet and they have all this verbal wordplay. Well, Lily's just found out that Fred sent her wedding bouquet, was sending her wedding bouquet to Lois and she's pissed. So she comes after him and while he's trying to do the scene, she is literally decking him. She yeah. is smacking him, she is elbowing him in the rib and he is like, <laughs> and he's like, knock it off and until finally he's like, if you keep this up, I am going to give you the paddling of your life right on, on stage. stage. And it sounds awful, and but when you watch the scene, she is going too far. And he's like, you are assaulting me, and I am going to... I'm going to take it back out on you if you don't stop. And she nails him again. He's like, that's it. This is what's going to happen right now. And he just bends her over his knee and just starts whapping her on the butt because she's acting like a child. Like, she is being a diva. What's really great about Catherine Grayson in this movie is... So that scene is after the I Hate Men number. Which we hadn't talked about yet. Um, And she's supposed to be... Like, her... She's doing, like, kind of a couple of layers in this because she's playing this actress who's having fun playing this angry character. So you get kind of, like her fake anger as she's, like, doing the the dance. But she's also still, like, smiling the whole time because she's banging cups and she knocks a fucking table over. and She, she like literally she, flips a table. Yeah, she's <laughs> kicking stuff around. And she's just... You can tell she's having so much fun with this. But then when they do that part, her, total, her whole demeanor she changes. Becomes rage. Like, it's just boiling rage on her. And it's not playful anymore. And it's... It's like such a good juxtaposition because they're only yeah. a few minutes apart from each other. Yeah. 
Yeah, like, you're right. I hadn't even thought of it. But like, <laughs> oh, look, this is play anger. I am going to fucking kill you. Yeah. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? Especially because he, they have literally just had a moment of rapprochement, of like coming close to being like, oh, what did we do here? We, like... We, well, because, yeah, right before they we go on, together. they have the, the wonder bar, and, like, she's... They're both, have, they're both they're, having second thought. I mean... They're both reaching out to each other. Right. And that's at the point where Fred had already sent the flowers to Lois, and his his do, his do helper guy, his valet, accidentally gives them to Lily with the card addressed to Lois. It's like, oh, God damn it. And you're like, Fred, you're kind of a douche. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, but... Then by the end, you're like, no, these these two do belong together. They're going to fight forever, but that's just, that's their bag. What are you going to do? Yeah. Let's see, what other numbers? Because we talked about I Hate Men, which I'm glad you guys liked. Well, while we're on that, I just, I loved that while we were watching it, everyone was rooting, like, because, you know, every time it comes back around to her singing I Hate Men and she slams the, the mug down. Like, it gets more and more violent every time. But everyone's like, like, Jenny, from the very beginning, it was like, she's like, I hope she throws it. Yeah, I hope, I hope she knocks the fruit. Like, when's she going to throw the fruit? And like, right at the end, she just, like, sweeps everything off the table. And then she yes. flips the table, and everyone's like, yeah! Yeah. <laughs> like, the, kicking shit other over. Than the like, table flip, my favorite part is when she misses the table with that yeah. swing. Uh, she swings the mug, because she keeps bringing it down on top of the table, and there's this loud, satisfying clang every time she does it. And she goes to do it once and misses and then comes around and clangs it again. It's so good. <laughs> uh, um, so, I Hate Men. Uh, we're thine, that special face. That's the deep lungy number. He sound how great is his voice? Yeah, I mean, like it's it, a good number. I mean, I, I'm, I'm glad I saw it. Uh, but. Like, and it's got that bossa nova beat that Cole yeah. Porter could do. It's like, oh, I would love to hear this in a club, <laughs> right? In a jet, in a nightclub, but in the middle of a Shakespeare musical. Yeah, let's move it along. Um, then, I'm trying to think what else happens. Like, then there's like a whole lot of plot, right? Yeah, I'm seeing anything. We get Tom, Dick, or Harry pretty quick. Because mm-hmm. we get Tom, Dick, or Harry, and we get I Hate Men, and then we're dying that special phase, and then the fight scene, and then they're. Then well, yeah, and then like the, the gangsters come in, and like. And then they do the wedding scene, and then he goes, Where's the life that late I led? Always true to you in my fashion. Always true to you in my fashion, which is another fun one with all the all the wordplay. Seems like we're really just building up to the, the Fosse number. Yeah. And then we get to from this moment on. So let's let's, let's talk, talk about that. Let's talk about from this. Okay, so this is where I'm gonna lecture for a little bit. Fosse, Fosse, Fosse. Yes, because I have a bunch of questions and I feel like you're going to answer them. Okay, so context this this is a nexus movie so broadway musical dancing for a long time broadway musical dancing was just either popular dances like the charleston or was coming from ballroom and ballet right so was uh one quick diversion was um god damn it names (laughs) um uh springy guy Tommy Rawls. Was he a ballet dancer? Ballet, yes. Okay. Ballet. Very he much had so. a very fact, ballet he, kind of... He started dancing at a young age because he had a crossed eye, and his mom made him do 
dancing because of all the turning and spotting, forcing him to have to focus. And huh. obviously it worked. Much, yeah, much like so. the guy from um, Fair, It's Always Fair Weather, uh-huh. you can just kind of spot like his... He's, like his poise is very his line. Yeah. His yeah. line is it's very, very ballet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, fun fact about Tommy Rawl: he didn't have a huge movie career, and he ended up being an operatic tenor. He ended up doing opera later. Interesting, right? Like that's a thing he did. But he dances so well. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Right? It's a crying shame. And Tommy Rawl was the kind of dancer that all of his contemporaries just admired the way he could move right everybody everybody was just like damn tommy there was no jealous there was just like he's the best literally mm-hmm. watch him he's one of the best dancers period right now so um so anyway so the style of dance was coming more from ballroom and ballet you can see that with like the the champions in showboat right oh yeah for sure yeah yeah um agnes demille was a game changer she's the choreographer for oklahoma that was the first musical where the dancing had something to do with what was going on in the show. The, right. Everything had to do with each other, even the costumes. This was groundbreaking. Like, seriously, it was like, what? Now we're like, what? Why wouldn't that That's be a sort thing? Of yeah. fundamental like, part kind of have to have that. Now. Okay, so so everybody, literally everybody came from this sort of ballet and, um, where's my names? I wanted to get those names. Do, 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 do. Here we go. Literally everybody came from this sort of ballet ballroom background. So you had the champions, you had DeMille, Robbins, uh, Jerome Robbins ballet, mm-hmm. right? And Hermes Pan. He Hermes Pan, who was a choreographer of this this musical, was Fred Astaire's um, like assistant dance partner. He was the one who would teach Ginger Rogers all of her dances before she had to dance with Fred Astaire, who was a total perfectionist and would have been a dick to her yeah. it, while she was learning. By the way, Hermes Pan would also dub Ginger Rogers taps in high heels for authenticity. He would do it himself? Yes. That's amazing. Right? How great is that? And you could see, he because he's the sailor and always true to my fashion, his face even looked a little yeah. like Fred Astaire, so he would mm-hmm. also be a stand-in for Fred Astaire, like, just sort of, like, for camera, camera planning and stuff, he would be a stand-in. And Astaire called him his ideas man. The two of them had a lifelong collaboration. He's a great... A truly great choreographer, but he's still that that other style. Now I'm going to give you a name, Jack Cole. The, Jack Cole is so important, and yet nobody knows about him. Jack Cole is the guy who literally invented modern musical theater dance. Musical theater jazz dance. When you think of jazz dance, jazz musical, jazz hands, <laughs> that's Jack Cole. And what's weird is... I just he, want to point out that I was doing them. Oh. <laughs> um, he started as a modern dancer. See the difference? Mm-hmm. Um, with a very famous modern dance company called Denishon, which anybody who's a real dancer would be like, what the shit, Denishon? And he literally was like, this is all great. I want to go, go do nightclub dancing. And I'm going to show you a video of Cheetah Rivera and the Jack Cole dancers because he had his own whole company. And mm-hmm. the style was different. It was what we now consider jazz dancing. And he was, he had his own little unit of dancers out in, in at MGM, and he actually he choreographed Cover Girl, Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, um, Some Like It Hot. He didn't do a whole lot of actual choreographing of musicals, but he was just the guy who was kind of influencing everybody else hmm. because he took jazz and he married it with 
he was a big fan of a specific style of Indian dance, like Hindu Indian dance. I can't remember the name of it. And he put the two together and like everybody's like, and that's where the angular and the shoulders and the weird like wrist breaks and everything comes from. He reinvented dance. Where you just look like a marionette, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and Carol Haney was his dance assistant. Oh, okay. And then Gene Kelly Stoller. And okay. Gwen Verdon was his dance assistant. And then she went to Broadway and became a great big star. And Bob Fosse was out in Hollywood at the same time as Jack Cole. And, of course, they would have met each other there. So there's, like... I wanted to get that out. How all it, the people got into this, basically. <laughs> where musical theater dance comes from yeah. is this moment, this guy, Jack Cole, and the fact that everybody, everybody was all touching base in this sort of mishmash of, because Michael Kidd was in Hollywood at that time. In fact, Gwen Verdon and Bob Fosse met at a party at Michael Kidd's house. Really? There you go. Yeah. Like, so Jack so, Cole was like patient zero. Raspberry! Yeah, <laughs> and like Bob, what happened with Bob Fosse is he did this movie, and he was like, "There's nothing for me in Hollywood. They don't. I'm. They don't like me. The musical is kind of dying. Um, like it's clear that they don't see what to do with me." That so, that is what you do with it. <laughs> well, but the thing is, he everybody knew he was the best dancer they knew. Yeah. But he had a thin voice. He wasn't very like he didn't have a lot of charisma on screen. He was he was all shucks like a. a all shucks kind of boy next door, but yeah. he didn't have the charisma of a leading man. Right. And so they were like, we'd love to watch you dance, but... Uh. Yeah, but like, we got to bring more than that. Yeah. yeah. So he went to Broadway. He was like, he asked out of his contract with MGM. With seven-year contract, he'd been there a year. He's like, can I just... And they were like, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> They're like, no, you're right. We don't fucking know what <laughs> to do with that. It's best, for the best. So yeah. he goes to Broadway... And his wife at the time, uh, Joan McCracken, that's another huge name, I won't even bother, but um, (laughs) Joan McCracken basically um, went to George Abbott, who was the guy who directed musicals at the time. Like, if there was a big Broadway hit, George Abbott was the one who directed it. And they were looking for a choreographer for the pajama game, and Joan McCracken's like, my husband, they were married, my husband... Bob, you should you should really look at him. And she took him to see Kiss Me Kate. And so he's watching, he's like, well, I mean, yeah, he's a good dancer. And then this moment gone happens, and he's like, oh! It's, it like knocks you on your ass, yeah. for real. <laughs> oh, shit! It's unlike yeah. anything else in the, yeah, I mean, it's... And this is what's so lovely. Bob Fosse totally lied. Have, have you done a lot of choreography? Yeah! Where? Sure. Canada? Um, but the producers wanted to hedge their bets and they said okay we're going to give this Bob guy a chance but can we have Jerome Robbins on deck to just kind of keep an eye like if this goes shitty like to just sort of step in and make sure all this shit goes okay so Jerome Robbins co-directed the play and for Pajama Game? yeah for Pajama Game and he actually ended up like doing a lot of the staging and Bob Fosse is learning from him how to stage numbers and right. what do you do with a big chorus because Bob Fosse come, he actually was more of a nightclub dancer small groups was his deal right. and so Bob Fosse is learning from Jerome Robbins and Jerome Robbins is encouraging Bob Fosse and the two of them actually became lifelong friends and what a perfect way to start yeah, yeah. when Pajama Game opened mm. 
Jerome Robbins gave him a pair of gold cufflinks. And then when Jerome Robbins opened his next play, Bob gave him the gold cufflinks. And they just passed them back <laughs> That's really forth. sweet. Isn't yeah. that just yeah, sweet? That's wonderful. Bit by bit, putting it together. Right? So anyway, all of that. So literally from this moment on, got him his job on the pajama game. And the pajama game is where everybody went, Bob Fosse is some shit, y'all. And he ended up back in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Hollywood was like, wait. You're kind of the new... You can't do shit in front of the camera, but... But behind the camera, <laughs> right? Yeah. And there's a whole story there, but we'll get into that when we talk about my sister, Eileen. So we'll put a pin in that, listeners. The Fosse apocalypse will continue with my sister, Eileen. <laughs> Fosse, Fosse, Fosse! Which, by the way, also has Tommy Rawl in it. Ooh, oh, nice. And Janet Lee. Nice. Weird, yeah. weird. Um... So, Not a name I was really expecting to <laughs> yeah. come up here, but <laughs> right? I'm yeah. on board. Yeah, sure. Okay. So, pin in that. The Fosse Apocalypse will continue there. So, that's what's going on sort of behind the scenes. So, Hermes Pan. Yeah, I want to know how this number came to be. Yeah. Gene Kelly. What? <laughs> Gene Kelly. Also a name I was expecting. Of course, Gene Kelly. <laughs> like I said, it's this... This serious, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. boiling pot of talent going right. on right, th- right at that moment. Gene Kelly did a movie, but there was, or I, I can't remember because I've never seen it, but Invitation to the Dance was, at the very least, a section of a movie, but it's, it was something really, one of Gene Kelly's, like, big creative ideas that he put on film, right? Hermes Pan loved it, and he showed it to the dancers, and he said, I want this to inspire you. I want to do something like this. We're going to break you into couples and like, we're going to do a big start, but each one of the couples is going to get their own featured moment. And he turned to Bob and he went, I want you to choreograph your own. That was my big question. Yeah. (laughs) That's what I was wondering He was watching Bob working with Carol. Carol Haney was Bob's first like dance muse. Mm Mm-hmm. He actually made her a star on Broadway because um, he stole her from Jack Cole. She right. was his assistant. Um, and then and then Gene Kelly, when he went to do Pajama Game, he brought her along because he really loved... She moved the way he... Like, she got him, as you can yeah. see. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She can move like he wants her to move, and she got it. She's like, yeah, I get what you want me to do. So he, he's like, I want to make a featured number just around you in the Pajama Game. And she's like, sure, yeah. And then George Abbott... She was brilliantly funny. And so George Abbott actually then expanded her role. She ended up winning, like, the I think the supporting actress, Tony, for the role. And, like, like boom, Carol Haney, fucking Broadway star, damn. <laughs> but it was because of her collaboration with Bob Fosse. So the two of them had been working, and Hermes Pan had seen it and was like, I like... I like all of that. I like what's going on there. Like, do more of that. I'm not going to try to tell you how to do this. I want yeah. you to Just do your do own. it. I want you to do your own. You're, that needs to, somebody needs to see whatever all that <laughs> yeah, is. Whatever that is. <laughs> whatever that is. So, yeah, he choreographed the others, and I'm, there was input, I'm sure, like, because any dancer is like, you know what I do really well? I do this thing really well. And mm. Tommy Rowell's like, I leap in the air and turn. <laughs> right, right. Um, Bobby Van, of course, is that sort of like li- loose-limbed like thing. He's, yeah, yeah, he's made of rubber. He's like yeah. very rubber and smooth and yeah. like light. He's got a a very casual quality. And so, listeners, if you've never seen it, like it is a moment where you watch 
dance change. Yeah, I would highly recommend just going and looking that number up on YouTube because it's a ways into it that this happens. Yes. And watch the whole thing because you it's need to see so the switch. so worth it. Yeah, because the rest of the dance in the movie has been not the same as what you're seeing, but still... But it's all of like a single, like a singular it style. It all kind of makes sense together. And then this just fucking blindsides you. It comes, <laughs> it comes out, out of nowhere, nowhere and you're just like, I had never thought bodies could move like that. And it's so sly yeah. And funny and sexy, but like not gross sexy, but just kind of. It's like from the because mo- he literally comes in sliding on his knees mm-hmm. into into this into the shot, and then from there it's like no one's ever standing straight again. Everybody's the two of them are just bent at strange angles, yeah. but still moving. So gracefully, while but there's it's, a slither to yeah, it. Yeah, it's really, really fucking weird, and it's, I mean, it's it's Bob Fosse shit. It's like, like it's it's the hunched shoulders. Yeah, it's the dangling arms with they the absolutely they just look like marionettes basically. Um, it's the you know the cocked head and the weird angles and the broken wrist. Like it's mm-hmm. it's all of the vocabulary, just like boom, and you're like. Um, you're speaking a different language. Yeah. <laughs> what? Am I watching the same movie? What just happened? But at the same time, it's but like totally, so yeah. fucking exciting, and it still works. You're because it's this moment of like, what? And then he come, they come right back out with everybody else, and they just dance around like everybody else. And you're like, I saw what you did. Don't think I'm gonna forget. <laughs> yeah. So my question is: Is this one of those where like that's the way you do it now? Things? Or no. Like, it's does nobody still, really do that? It's no. It still happens. Mm-hmm. Um. And when we eventually get to, um, is it Rob Marshall who directed Chicago? Yes, it is Rob Marshall. Mm-hmm. Rob Marshall, uh, I gained so much respect for him because when he directed and choreographed Chicago, he knew the vocabulary but didn't ape it. Because mm-hmm. basically what happens, like like we talked about with King and I, when you do the King and I and you do the Small House of Uncle Thomas, you, you do fucking do Jerome yeah. Robbins choreography or something as close to it as you can manage. Right. When you do Pippin, you do a Fosse style choreography or as close to it as you can manage. That's just what you do. And a lot of times people ape it or try to recreate it. But Rob Marshall truly like synthesized it. Yeah. And in some ways, I think, even made better choices. Like, like if Fosse had lived longer, his, his style would have continued to evolve. Right. So, um, it beca- he added to the lexicon, but he still spoke a very true dialect, if, if that's one way to put it. Like, everybody borrows from it. Right. In different ways. Um, but, like... But then again, everybody borrows from everybody. Like, you can do very Jerome Robbins style. Because Jerome Robbins did West Side Story, which is so athletic and expansive, right? Or you could do more like Michael Kidd, which is very um, which is very grounded. Um, and then you've, you've got your Fosse vocabulary if you want something a little bit more... Um, there's something a little gritty about Fosse. Like... It comes through. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, it's, it's very... Yeah, it's, it's just di- like different and... 
the way exciting, he contorts the yeah. body, mm-hmm. there's something so psychological that comes through of like, why, why are the bodies turned in that way? It makes an interesting picture, but it also is saying something different about like, why, why would you turn your knees and your shoulders and hunch and slither around like that? It's kind you? of like this weird thing where it's like, we're going to do this beautiful dancing in a really ugly way. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> well, Fosse is like, I've got this giant Bob Fosse biography with Her annotations. Her Bible, of course. <laughs> of course I do. He was such a conflicted person. Because right. um, he was, like, literally everything that you could name, he was the opposite as well. He was, I think he was class valedictorian, but he was, he was like, uh, definitely class president. Mm-hmm. Um, he was, he looked like a good old boy. He was an honor student. He was, like... Everybody loved him. He seemed so sweet and nice. And then at night, he was going off and doing dance jobs at a vaudeville house and ended up fucking the strippers because they were literally sexually assaulting him. And, like, he always... Yeah. Like, it's creepy. Like... Weird. Uh, <laughs> at the time, I'm sure everybody went like, hey, look at you. But realistically, these women were sexually assaulting a, a young minor. boy. Yeah. yeah. And it was very damaging to him. I'm sure. Um, both sexually, psychologically, on a personality level. Right, right. So, mm-hmm. like, but, and he hid that side because at the time, like, that was kind of shady to dance in those sorts of places. So he never told, he wasn't telling. So he had a dual life. And right there, he split apart. And he was always so charming and so able to, like, manipulate people because he, he just looked like such a nice boy. He had such a sweet face. Right. And he had a truly, genuinely sweet disposition. Like, um, dancers like dancing for him because he never, he would drive them and he would drive them, but he never really yelled from what I can tell. Like, um, maybe later in life he did, but at this point he was still very much like, but what if we did it again? Yeah, yeah. Like had the vision, but was not. And I mean, he would dance himself ragged, perfecting things. Like um, the backflip that he does in From This Moment On, three times he flew out back to New York to work with a specialist on backflips because he didn't think his backflip was good enough. He had real problems with <laughs> believing he was good enough. And yet, why aren't I Fred Astaire? Why aren't I famous yet? And it, he really didn't want to be a choreographer. He wanted to be a star. He wanted yeah. to be a dancer. I'm a dancer. Yeah, but you're so good at making up dances. But nobody gives a fuck about who made the dances. Yeah, it's just about who's doing it. It's about Unless who's you're doing it. But <laughs> I care. Well, because you can see it. He was very smart. He also should have so, just asked Tommy Rawl how to do those backflips. Tommy Rawl yeah, had, he had Superman shit. right here. Yeah, but like, Tommy Rawl was built on a whole other right. template. <laughs> like, you look at the two of them and Bob Fosse is... Skinny little man, and Bob, and Tommy Rawl is like. I just wanted to bring up his flips. I'm like, oh, he's such <laughs> that a first because he does that yeah. one where he's like kind of near the back of the rooftop, uh-huh. and it's just real casual, like just leg over leg. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, it's like the way I would fuck? take a step down down a stair, like a staircase. He's he just, just like kind of rolls. Backflip. Yeah, he does an aerial. Yeah, he does an aerial walkover. He's just like. One way I could get down from here is to turn my head upside down and take my feet over my head. That is one way that I could do this. Fucking wild. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But Bob Fosse was smart when he would choreograph. He would typically do small groups 
He didn't really know what to do with large groups for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, you would do small groups, whether he realized it or not. I don't know if it was conscious, but when you do a solo, people notice the dancer. When you do a group, people notice the choreography. Yes. Yeah, so no, yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. We've talked about that before. I mean, if you look at a group and you pick out one person, it's like, solo, it doesn't make so much sense. But when you look at the, the whole, whole group and they're going like this. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a great radio. This. <laughs> yeah. This. Yeah, you guys know what she's doing. <laughs> Just watch Singing in the Rain, the Broadway melody. Oh, speaking of Broadway melody, Carol Haney was supposed to have the Sid Charisse part. Gene Kelly intended that for her because oh, really? he huh. loved. He, she was his protege, yeah, yeah. but the studio again needed a name. Needed a name, yeah. so she taught Sid Charisse the role, and she would. She was Gene Kelly's assistant, so she would work with his partners, find out what they were good at, and then like help Gene choreograph to that. So I mean, gosh, she's brilliant, and she's in on the town. Oh, and I didn't even mention the other one, Gene Coyne. She was also an assistant to Gene Kelly. She actually married Stanley Donan and then married Gene Kelly. <laughs> right? But she, she, she appeared in the background or in, like, just the dance company and a lot of different things. But, like, she was a brilliant dancer all on her own, but she was just one of those people that just became sort of a staple. So she's in the big ballet scene and on the town, too. She mm-hmm. and... So it's... Um, oh, like the, Ellen. the sequel, like the... So the three girls? Yeah. It's Vera Allen, Jean Coyne, and Carol Haney. It's like, oh, look, you two. Step on over here to Kiss Me Kate. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, when they do, like, the stand-ins for yeah. them. Yeah, basically. when they do the Day in New York ballet. Yeah. It's those three. Right? I remember Except only Jean Kelly plays. <laughs> yeah. And only Vera Ellen, and then the others are all Oh, that's stand-in. right. I forget Vera, Vera Ellen yeah. stays in, too. Yeah. I do, like like I said, I, um, I really like... Catherine Grayson and um, you got one of their names. Raspberry. <laughs> and then I've forgotten the other one. Howard Keel. <laughs> no, uh, the other woman, um, Anne uh, Ann Miller. Miller. Yeah. Um, oh, the shade flying back and forth. The, the two, two of them, them together yeah. are wonderful. <laughs> um, when they're doing the curtsy scene. Um, <laughs> And she goes, it's not, or she goes, like, it's easy. Or it's something. simple. It's simple. And she goes, it would have to be. <laughs> <laughs> Snap. Yeah. And anytime the two of them are on, on, they don't get a ton of screen time together. It's mostly, yeah, front loaded in that. Um, but when they are together, it's, oh, it's delightful. They just, they fuck. Well, what's great about it is that Ann Miller kind of doesn't really care about her, about Catherine Grayson at all. Oh, she's except definitely that, a woman. Who's except just that all about she the wants her, like, the only reason she cares about her is because she wants the role that Catherine Grayson has. Um, Catherine Grayson hates Ann Miller um, <laughs> because of all the stuff with Fred and. Well, and she, she. And also, she's she, a snob. She's a theater and snob. And she's a snob. And she's. This girl isn't going to be able to do what I can do. And, like,. It's so great, but, like, what I love so much about it is how little Ann Miller cares about, like, about her or sees her as a threat or anything. It's kind of like, uh, I just don't really think about you. Like, like you know well, I mean? I mean, her entire, her world revolves around the men that might be able to do something for her. Yes. And 
Like, when you think about it, these are all kind of awful people, but they're so fucking charming. Right. She's just a gold digger. <laughs> oh, yeah. Looking to sleep with whoever might be able to get her something worthwhile. It doesn't even matter. Don't you remember, honey? I had something in my eye. You took me all the way to El Paso to get it out. <laughs> I still have that side of beef you gave me. I think of you every time I open the fridge. That is such a yeah. weird line. Right? <laughs> How long has that well, been in there? Borderline creepy. <laughs> How big was a bee? I don't think it's good anymore. Right. Yeah. Just, and you just left it in the freezer? That's like, just to fond remembrance? Just like, opens it up and goes, <sighs> Everybody else is like, what's with the beef? <laughs> and then Tommy Rawl, Bill, is he's a gambler. Um, he Here he is. He's getting his big break on Broadway, and he can't be bothered. Right? That's yeah. another... The two, their relationship's another one. I'm like, there's some troubles here, guys. Like, I don't right. know how this one's going to work out. Oh, yeah. Nothing good is going to come of that. <laughs> And Lily's a diva, and so is Fred. Yeah, more so. Oh, yeah, Fred's a great big diva. I love it when he gets whiny. Am I bleeding? <laughs> she cracked my rib. He's how like, do you tell How do you that? know he's like an x-ray? Well, go check the prop department. It's like there's just going to be an x-ray machine in there. Such a dumb gag. I love it. Um... It does make me want to watch the stage version again because there's numbers, obviously, that they didn't move over that mm. I, that I just think are super fun and charming. And Too Darn Hot in the stage version actually opens Act 2. It's a really fun uh, concept of Act 2 opens on intermission and the entire cast, they're in Baltimore, BT-dubs. <laughs> the entire cast is out in the back alley, like just like in their underwear and their robes, like taking a break. It's so hot that they're just outside like fanning themselves and, mm-hmm. and catching a break during intermission of just like taking a quick break and just laying around out there. And then Ralph, who is uh, Fred's uh, butler, valet, whatever, mm-hmm. dresser, he starts singing about how hot it is. And the entire cast does this huge dance number. It's huge. And it's That's so really cool. much fun. And it's all about how it's too hot for them to do anything because... Right. And then they all get wild and dance, and then, like, they literally all fall down at the end of just like, ah, oh, uh, they're like, they're on, on stage, five yeah. minutes, oh, shit. <laughs> um, oh, I know who we didn't talk about, the dad. Oh, Baptista. <laughs> he is... <laughs> he's something, man. He does a lot with how much, how little... He's I have a screen. daughter, sir, called Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love when he is, uh, when Howard Keel is basically, <laughs> is basically grabbing Catherine Grayson and, like, holding her down, but, like, and he kind of, just, like, the dad just kind of, like, comes in, he's like, How's everything going? <laughs> oh, great. We're told we like each other a lot. In fact, we're gonna get married on Sunday. Sounds like a plan. Okay, bye. <laughs> yes, and then near the end it it made me laugh so hard because he I don't even remember why he runs out. No, but it's when he first when Fred first meets the dad and like makes the arrangements and is like, go find a notary. Yeah. Right? Isn't it? Is yeah. that, I was thinking it was further I was thinking it was closer to the end. 
I just know that. I mean, I thought. I think. That. I think it's. It maybe it's, a, it's one of those things. I might be of conflating like, them, but it's. It's a. It's, I know. I think that's it. Like, he finds the reason to like send him away. To send him away, and he runs with his arms over his head, kind of waving back and forth, like hermit arms. Yes. Or orangutan arms. Like Yes, it's exactly like an orangutan. Oh my god! So I need funny. to get a notary now. <laughs> And Mike has decided he's going to enter That's, an exit room only in that room way, way from now on. I Which am, I immediately did not do. After <laughs> and I the, am disappointed, and I'm going to hold you to it at least once at Fantastic Fest. Right. At least once. Mike. That's how, that's how we're going to clear the hallways. You owe us this. <laughs> this You made a promise, and I'm going to be the one to hold you to it. Uh, so, yeah. Kiss me, Kate. Kiss me, Kate. Like, you get some Cole Porter, you get some great Hermes Pan choreography, you get Howard Keel in his best role. Like, he's so funny and I can't imagine, yeah, I mean, I can't imagine anyone else doing it in the way that he did and it being anywhere near as good. He's just so good. And you get Ann Miller dancing, you get Bob Fosse, and you get Tommy Rowe. Ah, oh, and those costumes. <laughs> oh. Um, okay. Any final thoughts, or did you want to talk about your favorite number? I mean, is there another number? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I will. Say, I mean, we've talked about like I do love all of the stuff with Ann Miller. Like those are outside of the Fosse moment. Um, all of the Ann Miller stuff is so good. Um, the Tom Dick and Harry is great. Uh, so darn hot is great. Like she's. She's probably my favorite part of the movie, just because she get she gets to do most of the like, um, like Catherine Grayson doesn't really dance. She's not a dancer. Um, no. So like, for the women dancing, that's who you get is Ann I Miller. Would. That's and no small thing. She, and she's fucking great at it. Um, I and like I said, she looks like she's having fun, and it's it's just a blast with her. But like none of that matters because you get the like minute and a half of Fosse. <laughs> I think it's like a minute forty five. Yeah. Yeah. You're just like what? <laughs> you're like okay, nothing else happened in this movie except that. <laughs> Watch the whole movie for what? Right. Benny. Yeah, I mean I agree. I mean as far as the dancing part, you know, and the choreography part of it, like that one wins out far and beyond anything else but and I usually go more for like the musical composition and like the, the overall scene but I think my favorite was still Keel's little black book solo like <laughs> I just love the wordplay and, and a lot of the music but particularly in that in that one because he's just hamming it up you know on this little like, what is island like, what happened to the late life I late where is the life that late I led yeah I was that never one. gonna get where there. is yeah. it gone <laughs> totally dead yeah Where's the fun I used to know? We should get out of here before Wendy sings <laughs> I will the sing entire you the whole fucking score. song. I, mean, I, I think, know the whole show of Agra's <laughs> I think that, one, that one's high on my list. Um, I mean, I, I echo everything Mike said because Ann Miller is wonderful. And I mean, and Tommy Rawl, having never seen him before, I loved everything he yeah. did. Yeah. Oh, that's it. Yeah, the so, I mean, Yeah, it's. it's yeah. Oh gosh, you guys are going to love Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. And we're going to have some discussions about some of the things in that movie. <laughs> Whew. There's some stuff. Um, Do you think... I mean, I would say this this is probably now the horniest one we've watched. It's definitely at least it's, at uh, least tied. It's probably on par with, with <laughs> On the Tanks. On the Town, you still have the, the cab driver. Like, I guess, I guess, <laughs> yeah. Who is just like... 
down to Brun- uh, Brunhilde. Like, what? Yeah, what if we went back to my place? Brun- Brunhilde Esther Hazy. Esther Hazy. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, good job. You remember that name? Yeah. So it's not real names. <laughs> I don't know who you are as a person, but I know this character. Right. Yeah, I couldn't tell you who the actress is. Doesn't matter. She's Brunhilde Esther Hazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, my favorite number this time around, bearing in mind it changes all the time. Right. But I love Brush Up Your Shakespeare. I, it's I really good. The wordplay is great, but I love the two of them. Those two assholes. How they're handing it back and forth. Like, Keenan Wynn's like, here's a thing, try to find the rhyme. And you can see that James Whitmore is like, I got it. How about this one? And he's like, give me another one. Give me another one. And you get James Whitmore's little shoulder and wink and yeah. like, and I'm like, I love the way the two of you move together mm-hmm. and the way they hop up and down the stairs. The stairs thing is really, really good. I like that a lot. Yeah. And their little, like, hitch kicks. Yeah. Hitch heel clicks. Like, that's just cute. Yeah. yeah. Right? Everything else is so big that the, that, that is so nice sort of and like small. like, real intimate. Kind and, of. like... And it's really great staging, like whether it was intentional or not, that sometimes all you need them to do is just walk in rhythm to the left (laughs) and walk in rhythm to the right and have a gesture on the beat that is unison and brush their little lapel and then hitch their shoulders and a little wink. And I'm like, I love you, James Whitmore. (laughs) You little weird man. I'd probably kiss you. (laughs) I would. Um, Oh, listeners, James Whitmore. Context is Brooksy in Shawshank Redemption. You know the little old man who hangs himself. Yeah, when you first said that, I hadn't gotten a clear like shot of his face, and I wouldn't have recognized him. But then, I mean, as soon as you said it, I was I, like, Oh yeah! yeah as soon obviously. as you said it, I got actually yeah. looked at his face. I was like, well, yeah, who else? Could I be? pulled a, you know him, and <laughs> yeah. then I literally was like, No, you really do, guys. <laughs> and this one, I actually did know. Um, and Bobby Van, I knew because of Match Game and um, uh, make not make him laugh. That's the number. Make them laugh, make them laugh. Sing in the rain. <laughs> right? See, that's my problem. Bobby Van. Make me laugh. Ah. That was it. He did like 70s game shows, but he was definitely on Match Game, which I used to love to watch as a kid. I didn't understand any of the, <laughs> the new windows that flew <laughs> over my head. But everybody giggled a lot, so I thought it must have been funny. <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah, that's... Uh, Plus, what's her name? Uh, what's that lady's name that was on Match Game all the time? I don't remember. Elkie? No. Elkie Summers? I swear she was on there all the time. Um, Richard Dawson was Dawson always was on there. Also, then... Charles Nelson Riley. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And then you'd watch Hollywood Squares and you'd get the Paul Lind. Right. Rock. And you don't know. You're saying right. Like, I mean, no, I mean. But you've seen like on YouTube the vintage because you're. A, Game Show Network. Oh, I hate you. I hate you so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, we watched it on Game Show Network all the time yeah. when I, I was a kid. I can't even handle it. Really, I was in like high school. I can't even handle you guys. Just stop. It's awful. Etc. 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 All right, so Kiss Me Kate. I am so glad you guys liked it. Um, I hope you will listen to the soundtrack because those songs are great. You can find so many great Brett versions Summers. too. Yes, Brett yeah, Summers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was on it like all the time and she's wonderful. Anyway. <laughs> Thank God you looked that up. Yeah, this is very important. Super relevant. <laughs> Any last things you want to say about Kiss Me Kate? No, it's awesome. Go watch it. Yeah. I know it's on DVD. I'm sure you can find it at the library and probably find it on YouTube or somewhere else. Uh, you I don't can know. be very lucky like me and find a four-disc collection of Howard Keel musicals. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh. Mm. <laughs> 
I'll be in my bunk. All right. Thank you, listeners. We'll see you again next week. See, hear, talk. All of you both. Jazz hands. Jazz hams. Jazz hams. <laughs> <laughs> A Real Education the Musical can be found on iTunes, Blueberry, and Google Play. Follow us on Facebook at Real Education Musical, on Twitter at Real Edu Musical, that's R-E-E-L-E-D-U, or check out our website at realeducationmusical.com. New episodes on every Tuesday morning. We hope you enjoyed our film fixation. We'll see you next time on A Real Education.